Welcome to the Training Kings Podcast, inspiring and equipping Christians to be successful in business. Good morning, Training Kings. Right. Well, I was asked to talk about networking and effective networking, and I hope this is going to be of some use to you. Um, I started, for those that don't know me, I started networking back in 2007 when I just found myself unceremoniously removed as director of the company with myself and my ex-husband, ex being the reason I was unceremoniously removed. Um, And I set up a business. Um, I'm your PA. Or how to get clients, and somebody said to me, "You need to join BNI." I actually thought BNI was something; it was an airline, BMI. But anyway, <laughs> so I went along to the very first meeting that I went to. Worst experience that I've had, uh, because I turned up and it was a, a November morning. It was cold. It was dark. I realised there were two six thirties in a day, um, and I, I sat at this meeting. There's all these people around. I had no idea what was what was coming, and they were going around. They were standing up and they were saying a bit about themselves. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. And then somebody said, and now it's your turn to do sixty seconds. And I was like, what? And I can remember standing up and saying, hello, my name's Michelle, I'm a virtual assistant. And that was it. That's as much as I did, and I just wanted to get out of there. So I left, vowing never to return to networking again. But somebody followed me up. Somebody, a member that was there, who was actually from a different group, followed me up and invited me to another meeting. And I thought, you know what, I've got to get clients, I haven't got any. So I need to do something. I didn't tell them, actually. I hadn't started the business at this stage because I couldn't for legal reasons. But, uh, but no problem. So I went along. What a difference. I was met by the most delightful lady who said, you must be Michelle. How wonderful to meet you. She was the wife of an electrician and, and she was representing her husband's business. Let me go and get you a cup of coffee. Let me introduce you to Sunset. Let's find somewhere for you to sit. And the whole thing was totally different. Plus the fact, now I knew I was going to have to do a 60 seconds, I'd practice one. So it was a, a totally different experience, and I parted with my money at that meeting. And that was my start of my journey in networking. I was very quickly, I should explain, I'm a nurse by profession, so I'm always looking after people wherever I go. So I very quickly got put into a situation where it's like, can we get you on the team? Um, And it's like, okay, what you really mean is you want to volunteer to do some work. Um, Okay, fine, I've got time, I'll do it. So I started um, in various roles, and then it was like, yeah, but can we get you on the um, directorship team for BNI. So it's like, oh, there's more work to do. But I started to clock, I was getting business out of it. So it's like, okay, now they're showcasing me. So, it's, and as long as you do a good job on the team, it works. I actually do team leader training in various networks at the moment. And I always say that team leader, team leader positions. Stick a Belisha beacon on your head because it's either going to say, look at me how wonderful I am or look at me how rubbish I am. (laughs) Because all it does is highlight whether you're good or you're bad. So I used those roles and for many years um, I worked within B&I. At one stage I was 
Area Director for the Black Country, Assistant Director in Scotland, South and East, Devon and Cornwall, Somerset and Wiltshire, and Northern Ireland. I think that was all. Um, and used to do all the training with them. It was fun. So time moves on, and you, you find that you sort of start to work with other networks. I've worked with Property Investment Network. Um, I'm currently the... Um, What's it? Uh, what do they call them? The area coordinator for Bob Club and area leader for four networking. Personally, I think that you should always be in three networks because that's how you cross pollinate with the networks and it can be really useful. But, and I've, I've just um, been sharing a story with regard to I've got a meeting after this network, after this meeting, back in Wolverhampton. The guy that phoned me three days ago to book, book an appointment, and I said, yeah, of course, no problem. I met him at my very first networking meeting. And I, somebody said to me, whatever you do in networking, keep a CRM system. What's a CRM system? I have no idea. Um, so we use Capsule. Great little system. Costs you £9.20 a month. Um, if you have the paid version, and that'll link with you. MailChimps, and it'll link... I've talked to an IT person because I, I just get pointed in the right direction, but it'll link with zero. It'll link with all sorts of things. But everybody that you put on there... So every time you go to a meeting and they've accepted that, you know, you take their details, you put them on there, and if you've met them at Training Kings, you put the source as Training Kings. If you met them at B&I, you put the source as B&I, and so on. Now, if, for example, um, Carmen and I, we met at um, B&I, yeah? So, if Carmen refers somebody to me, even though I see... She said to me today, Michelle, I've got uh, a lead for you. I need you to go and talk to this person. I would put that person on as B&I. Because if it wasn't for B&I... I'd never have met Carmen. So that's how you follow them. If that person then went on to give me more business, I would put them as B&I. Because I'd never have met them if I hadn't met Carmen. I wouldn't have met them. If I hadn't met them, I wouldn't have met the next one. So you track it back, and you only ever meet someone for the first time once. And it's where you are that day. That is where you met them. And that's what makes it happen from there on. So they said, you need to track this, Shell. So I'm like, right, okay. Track it. We've used all sorts of systems. Uh, Capsule's the one we found easiest. And so every three months or so, I phoned this guy, David. Because he said, oh, I'm really interested in your services. And I'm like, okay. Uh, and he said, yeah, but not yet. So it's like, okay. Can I give you a call in three months, David? Absolutely, you can. That went on for four years and um, we'd always have a chat you know how you doing how's tricks didn't see him on the networking circuit he dropped off there um how's tricks and the one that i phoned him up he said i'm so glad you phoned i said why is that he said i need your services today i'm working with a company we need your services so i said okay that's fine set him up so that would have been in 2011 they are still a paying client today he isn't with them. He's moved on two or three times since then. And guess what? We've stayed in touch. Not as regularly, probably about every six months, 
Then he phones me up and says, Michelle, I've got a project. I need to come and talk to you. So networking is, a lot of it is about the follow-up. If you meet people and you never stay in touch with them, guess what? They won't remember you. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, that's a fact of life. You have to show an interest in them. I'm actually known as quite controversial in a lot of the networks um, because I will openly say nobody in this room gives a damn about what you do. So get over it. You know, I don't care that you're in Training Kings, which is the largest Christian business network, and I say that respectfully. Uh, nobody cares about what you do. What they really care about is what is it that you do that when I introduce you to one of my clients or suppliers, friends, whatever, that they turn around and say, Shell, thank you so much. I've just saved three grand on my mortgage. That is phenomenal. You've just made me look good. That's what it's about. And there is a selfishness to it. Because underlying, we all have a selfishness to us. And if we don't have that selfishness, if we don't look after ourselves first, you can't look after anybody else. So you have to make sure that you are okay to be able to give to other people. And I know that's something that Samuel does advocate, that you have to protect yourself to be able to give. Um, because if you're destroyed... You can't help anybody. So it is about making sure that you pick people and you connect them. And once you've connected those people, they like the fact that you've helped them. They then want to help you. And yeah, I'm not in b anymore, but do you know Ivan Meisner, Giver's Game? What a classic thing for um, networking, because it's true. If, if I give you business, you'll want to give me business in return. You'll want to help me. And that's the way of the world. He just summed it up in two words. But recently, we've, we've grown as a business. Um, and I got to the stage where I needed to buy offices. I, well, I needed to get offices and I refused to rent again. So I said, I'm going to buy them. Funnily enough, the, I lost about a quarter of a million on my divorce, and the only thing I got was a chunk of pension. And that's what I've used to buy the offices. I think that's really quite, quite a twist. But, um, but that's not easy. It took me 12 months, and this is where the network came in. Because the guy who sorted out all the pension side was a guy I met through BNI, who managed... He, he, in fact, he talked to me many years ago about using the SIP to purchase your pension, and if you're in property, you'll understand that far better than I do. I just know that I was able to use my pension to buy commercial property. So he sorted all that out for me. One of the Training Kings members, David Powell, many of you may know him, um, he actually did the most phenomenal survey that the solicitor said, now that's what I call detail, and in English, which makes a change for these guys, um, and hopefully David will get a lot more business on the back of it. But that helped us to be able to get the right price on the property because there were issues that needed resolve, resolving. So we were able to knock a whole chunk off it. Um, he discovered I needed all new windows. So, oh, that'll be another networking contact that sorted out all the windows for me. All the legals were done by FBC Mamby Bowdler, who 
I know through networking. Uh, I know them through four networking. Uh, and so it goes on. We had all sorts of things that were done with the whole process. The building work was done by somebody through networking. All the electrics. Guess where the electrics went? Networking. Yeah. To the husband of the lady that made me feel comfortable at my very first be <laughs> at my second B&I meeting. And they picked up the one <coughs> I was able to give them about five grand's worth of business. Um, there's a guy that you may have come across. He's quite big in four networking and Bob Club. Don't know whether he's been to Training Kings as yet. He should do. And that's John McAleer. Um, and John sorted out all the fire safety. And so it goes on. There were 15 people involved in sorting everything out. All through networking. Because I knew I could rely on them. Why? Because they've got to know me, like me. I trust them. So we've built everything up. But that all takes effort. And turning up to a meeting, and often we find that people come into networking and they'll say, networking doesn't work. And it doesn't matter which network it is. Every single network works, but you have to work it. That's why it's called network and not net breakfast, net eat, net sit. Mm -hmm. It is work. So we have to work it. And the, the sort of things that I, I find where people say that it, it's not working is, number one, they have no idea who they want to do business with. And let's face it, if you don't have any idea who you want to do business with, how will I know who you want to do business with? So we've had some great specifics this morning, and a lot of people will say to me, yeah, but if you're specific, it won't work. Well, here's one for you. A guy stood up at a meeting in Derby, and he asked for an introduction. It was a, a, print, a company that sold printers. And he asked for an introduction to a specific accountancy firm. There was a, lady, uh, there was a gentleman in the room who was a visitor, as far as I know, has only ever been to one meeting, and it was that one. And he said, my wife is the PA to the MD there, will that help? <laughs> yeah, that's great, <laughs> Cheers, I'll take that one. First order, £600,000 worth of printers, because he'd researched who was in the market, and rather than just phone them up and say, can I give you a quote for printers? He made sure that he got an introduction in. So he went and spoke to the guy um, whose wife was, um, was the PA. That led to the introduction to the PA. He spoke to her, and he didn't just go in and say, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. He actually built up the relationship, so therefore the trust was there. First order, 600,000. That was useful. That, if he hadn't been specific, he'd have just said, I want people that want to buy printers. That would never have happened. So I recommend to people that you write a list of 10 different companies that you want to do business with. <clears throat> and have that list, whether you do, I photograph it and I've got it on my phone. Uh, it's in a book, but I photograph it because I keep forgetting to bring the book, but the phone's always with me. Have a list of 10. People genuinely want to help people. So if you can turn around and say to somebody, you know anybody on that list? Because that would be really useful for me. People want to help you. 
But if you're in a room, whether it be of 10 or 30 people, and you say, anyone that wants their calls handling, and then somebody else says, I want an introduction to this specific radio show, which one's the easiest to find? The specific. So you automatically go to the easy option. Uh, and here's something. If, if you really want to help Michael, and we've had the specific of a radio show, go, how brave are you? Can you do what I call black belt referrals? That is when you phone up the radio show um, and we'd need to know the type of pe person it's likely to be. Is it the marketing person or whatever? We phone them up and we say, hi, you don't know me. I need a favour. I desperately need some help. I've been working alongside a guy called Michael, uh, Michael Bennett, for some time, and I want to say thank you to him. And this morning he asked for an introduction to your radio show. Is there any way that you can help me and just take his call? That would mean so much to me. Do you know how many times that gets you through the door? It's, I actually did it with um, a lady, um, and I know you know Sarah, Sarah Bishop. She turned up, I always said to people, if I'm doing a one-to-one -one with you and you've gone to the trouble of writing a list of ten people, I'll get you a referral. Because um, normally, after ten years down the line, you know an awful lot of people. Um, so normally there's a name on there that it's like, yeah, okay, I can create the introduction. She turns up with a list on a Friday afternoon, four o'clock, and I know nobody on the list. And it's like, she's going to get me. I'm not going to succeed on this one. So I took the number one on the list, Middleton's Foods. They're quite a big organisation. Phoned them up, got through to the HR department. Uh, Sarah does recruitment. And I said, good afternoon, you don't know me. Um, my name's Michelle, I run a virtual assistant company. I'm not trying to sell you anything. In fact, I'm desperate for some help. And she said, oh, okay. I said, I've worked alongside this recruitment company, which I had, Sarah does all our recruitment for us. And um, I wanted to say thank you. So I asked her for a list of people she wanted introductions to. I know nobody on the list. Never happened to me before. You're number one. Is there any chance you'd take a call from her? And should we do have two preferred suppliers, thank you. And I said, okay. Thank you so much for taking my call. I really appreciate it. She said, wait. I've never had a call like this. Tell her to call me 10 o'clock on Tuesday. Sarah became the third preferred supplier. Wow. But she gave me the ability to do it. So you have to, as networkers, have a list. And if you're doing business to consumer... You can still have a list because these are your referral partners that you're after. And you do a list of referral partners. Um, and I had a mortgage guy that for many years kept saying to me, I want introductions to first-time buyers. And it's like, do you know what? To date, I have still never met a first-time buyer. Nobody's ever come up to me and say, I'm a first-time buyer. Do you know a mortgage company? And he'd be the first person I'd think of but in 10 years that I've known him, I've never had anybody say that to me. So he's never had a referral off me. <laughs> uh, it's, and it's really sad. However, I worked with a mortgage guy down in Swindon. And I said, right, we need to get you some more, some more business. I said, how many building companies, conservatory companies, bathroom companies, bedroom companies, kitchen companies, swimming pool companies are you connected to? He said, I'm not. Why? He said, I do 
mortgages. I said, how many of those don't give finance? Because just think of that mortgage, that um, conservatory guy that's come into you, he's done the whole package, and it comes to you, he says, yeah, he said, that's going to be 30 grand. Do you do finance? No. Okay, trial. He's just wasted his time. No, I don't. However, I work with an independent mortgage advisor who what they will do is they will come in, review your mortgage. You may well find that you can actually save on your mortgage sufficient to pay for this lot. So effectively, you'll be getting it for nothing. Uh, can I arrange an introduction for you? And if the mortgage guy can actually make it happen, Mr. Conservatory Man gets his business, Mr. Mortgage Man gets his business, and guess what? Mr. Conservatory Man keeps saying, and there's another, and there's another, and there's another. What do you want? That introduction? Or the first time buyer that 10 years down the line I'm still looking for? So it's about building what you want. You can make it happen, but you have to help others to make it happen. Because it comes back down to, if you don't know who you want, don't expect anybody else to know. And the other thing is that when you come into networking, you need to grow your networks constantly. It's bringing new people in um, is a way of getting more business. They may not join. They may never want to join. I remember taking somebody to B&I who actually said to me, you do know, Michelle, I will never, ever join. <coughs> so I went along and I said, you know, at the end of the meeting, don't bother taking him out because he's never, ever going to join. Michelle, why? that's not an eligible visitor. Why would you bring him to the meeting when he's not going to join? It's pointless. Okay, so you don't like my visitors. It's very good. So at the end, I don't know anybody, how many of you have been to a B&I meeting, but at the end you'd have what they call the positive contribution section, which is where you know the members stand up and pass referrals, testimonials and everything, and the visitors get to say one thing that they like about the meeting. So my mate Simon stands up and he said, it's been a great meeting, really appreciate it. We've just bought new premises, right, I need an electrician, I need a photographer, I need a new website, um, I understand that you do the, um, the photography, you know, I understand that you do the insurance, I understand, and just went round the table. He said, thank you, that's been a successful meeting. And that was it. He never joined. I don't know how many thousand pounds worth of business he passed, but he never joined. He needed recruitment as well, so they were happy. So we shouldn't prejudge people. And often people say, you know, invite visitors. I personally say, if you want to grow a group, don't invite visitors. Stop. Bring people. Because when you're looking at visitors, we try and pre-qualify them. If I bring them, will they want to join? No, I don't. No, they want to join this. Uh, so we don't ask them. But I, I met a guy once, and I took him to a B&I meeting. And we just got talking. It was, I was actually doing some cold calling into letting agents for work for I'm your PA. And he didn't want us to do call handling, so I said, well, do you fancy um, coming along to a network meeting? So he said, yeah, okay. He walked in, two of his best mates were in the room. He said, oh, I obviously see that you don't rate me in business because you never bothered to share this with me, did you? <laughs> so I ask you, have you invited all your clients? Have you invited all your friends and all your suppliers? Because if it's good enough for you, wouldn't you want them to have a part of it? And it's up to them whether they decide to join or not. 
but you actually might make the difference between them being successful or not by introducing them to people in your network. Bring them along. And that to me really is just sort of some of the touch points that, that we find, some of the, the main touch points that we find to help people in networking. Track it, be specific, one-to-ones. You know what, it's not just a, a couple of hours meeting. It's what you do outside the meeting that counts. It's a little bit like if you imagine a garden. Imagine you've just bought a new house and you've got a garden and you've got a little dog. If you go around that garden and you put fence posts in, will the dog be secure in the garden? So all you've done is you put fence posts in. No. The fence posts are your meetings. The panels that actually make it work are what you do in between. And that's your one-to-ones. That's staying in contact. That's doing your follow-ups. That's what makes it work. The meetings are almost irrelevant. So I hope that's useful.